just love him. We love you, sweet God. Oh, hallelujah. We just talk to the Lord. For you have come for his word, and he has come for your words this morning. Can we lift up our hands and begin to thank him for everything that he's done? Hallelujah, Lord, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of all of the craziness, there is a still small voice. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and put all of your thoughts on the altar and put it in the hands of God. I cast all of my cares upon you, Jesus. All of my worries, all of my troubles, and all of my weaknesses. Come on, family, that's it. Talk to him. Oh, what a wonderful Sunday morning to talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. God, I don't understand everything that's going on, but one thing I understand, God, is that you are the King of kings. Jesus, you are the Lord of lords. And you said, God, if I will acknowledge you in all of my ways, you will direct my paths. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody in love with the Lord this morning? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Has Jesus been good to anybody here? Clap your hands if he's been good by sound. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful privilege it is to be here this morning. And uh, I can sense that the Lord is here. And, uh, you know, we are living in a day that uh, so many things are going on, but amen. You coming to the house of God this morning shows that there are people on this earth that still have a desire to know him, that still have a love for his word. Amen. Thank God for the word. Anybody thankful for the word of God? Oh, thank you for the word. In the beginning was the word. Why don't you turn to somebody and say, you know, I pray that God blesses you with double, double blessings. Amen. Double the happiness, double the joy, double the peace. Say, man, amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. How many knows we serve a, a double type of God? Hallelujah. Amen. Love coming to church. Bible says when you come to church, you come to an innumerable company of angels. You come to the general assembly. Amen. The general assembly. Praise God. I want to stay in the general assembly. I want to stay in the church. Praise God. I think about where God brought me from and what he brought me out of and, you know, all of the, all of the mess, all of the junk gave me a heart to serve the Lord and gave you a heart to serve the Lord, gave you, put you in your right mind. Amen. And I was thinking about that demoniac. Uh, you've seen a demoniac. Y'all got a lot of them here in Bakersfield. You know, that crazy one just out in the middle of the street, just crazy. And uh, there was a man like that in the Bible. The Bible says, but when he, when he, when he saw Jesus, he came and he ran to Jesus. And Jesus began to remove things out of this man. And when it was all said and done, this man that was crazy, cutting himself, beating himself, living in the graveyard, 
amen, crying, tormented. When it was all said and done after this meeting and encounter with Jesus, God Almighty in the flesh, the Bible says that he was sitting down, he was clothed and in his right mind. Because that is the will of God for humanity. Look where you are today. You're at the feet of Jesus. You're clothed. Thank God. And you are in your right mind. Because it's always a right thing to stand in the house of God and give him praise. Anybody feel like they're in their right mind this morning? I could have been lost. I could have been crazy. I should have been locked out. Come on, anybody thankful? Clap your hands one more time. Oh, God, thank you for that encounter. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Amen. Just an encounter with Jesus. Amen. Give honor to Brother Sister Bradford, Brother Sister Frost, and their families. Amen. And give honor to this wonderful church. And I want to say thank you for the wonderful services that we've, that we've had. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I feel revived in my soul this morning. Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, amen, the 16th chapter of the book of Mark, beginning with verse 1, amen, still loving the word of God. You know, this word makes the devil nervous because it's the word that sets a man's mind free, amen, it's the word of God. Jeremiah said, his words like a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces. I don't care how hard a thing is. I don't care how dense a thing is. As long as you've got the word, the word is stronger than anything else. I don't care what the impossibilities look like, what the trauma looks like, what the drama looks like. The word of God. David said, thy word, thy word is settled in heaven. The word is what governs heaven. And if there's anything strong enough to govern heaven, it can govern the earth. And he can keep hell in check. Thank God for his holy word. Amen. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome, Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Everybody say bought. They bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint Jesus. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. Amen. If I can draw your attention to that first verse. Sabbath day had passed. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Amen. God showed me something one day reading this passage of scripture. And I focused in on the word bought. And I began to look up what it meant. And the word bought here actually means the marketplace before they went to go to meet Jesus 
stopped at the market, marketplace first and they purchased something before they went to go see him. And so that's my title this morning. Amen. The marketplace. Can we all say that? Marketplace. Jesus, we love you today. Thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would speak to somebody here today. Amen. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands one more time. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. I pray that someone here today will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. With the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Somebody will have the greatest opportunity to feel what it feels like to have God dwelling on the inside of you. Anybody thankful that God still fills us with the Holy Ghost, that Holy Spirit of God? It's very, very important that we understand that God desires to dwell on the inside of us. The old Greeks of old time, of antiquity, uh, with all of their gods of uh, variances, Zeus, and uh, all of these other gods, Jupiter, Mercury, and all of these things, their poets would write about how uh, in the midst of all of this philosophy and all of this secular reasoning, uh, their gods were detached from their humanity. They taught a religion, a god, a deity, a theology of detachment from God, that God that the gods were far off in some distant land, uh, arguing, bickering, warring against one another, and humanity had to suffer. Oh, what is so far from God. Amen. We know our God not to be a detached God, but we know him to be a God that is close to us, a God that desires to be in our homes, a God that desires to be with us in our cities and with us at work, uh, a God that desires to be in our minds, for he said, I will dwell in you and I will walk in you. I'm thankful this morning that we, we don't serve a God that is detached and that is spacious and that is off at some far remote place, but we serve a God that has a desire to be so close to us, amen, so intimate that he desires to be on the inside of us. Will you clap your hands in thanksgiving? Thank you for being a close God. Thank you for being a God that's in proximity and nearness. Amen. Amen. We are close to our family members. Family member of mine, my grandmother, uh, coming up in just a couple of months, uh, will make about two years since she had passed away. Amen. I remember going to my grandmother's house as a young, a young boy, and uh, I used to love my grandmother's stories. She used to tell uh, just crazy stories of growing up, uh, times of Detroit years ago, wild times, uh, times of the nightlife and riots and civil unrest and uh, a lot of like what's going on now. And um, she told me about uh, times growing up in a little country town in Boonville, Missouri, small towns, and uh, there was a lot of stuff that would go on and I remember one, one unique story she talked about one night she had got off of work and 
Uh, she was a very uh, pretty lady, very tall, golden-skinned, uh, pretty woman. I remember looking at pictures, even as a little boy, of seeing her and her, uh, the beauty of her youth and, and just seeing and being amazed of how beautiful she was. And, and so with that, there was always, uh, there was always uh, the good and the bad. And I remember a time of her telling me she got off of work one night and she was walking home and uh, there was a, a band of men that had seen her and uh, were trying to kidnap her and, and, uh, and nobody was out. It was late. She was working a graveyard shift and she turned the corner and there was a car there. There was a man there and uh, she ran and beat on the window for help just in time. And, uh, and that was my grandfather. She ended up marrying him and they ended up falling in love. And I guess if I was single in the middle of the night and you know, a beautiful woman was knocking on my door for help. You know, kind of like how my wife was. You know, she, hey man, I just, I'd marry her too. Praise God. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and I, I remember stories. I remember her telling me stories uh, when she lived in a little country town in Boonville, Missouri, uh, right, right between Kansas City and St. Louis, and uh, working at a little diner there. And she told stories of uh, uh, there would, there would be. Uh, world-renowned musicians that would come through, jazz musicians and uh, uh, just country singers that would come through that, that diner through there and um, they would eat at this popular diner and um, she would see different, different musicians and stars of her day. And, and uh, going to St. Louis, there was um, Ike and Tina Turner. Anybody ever heard of them? Yeah, young people like, ooh. But, uh, you know, they were, they were big in their day, but one of the things that they were known for was a, a very uh, volatile, very uh, violent relationship, open abuse and fighting and cursing and uh, get out of hand, and she would tell me stories. And one time she was there and working, and uh, they come through, and everybody was happy, and everybody wanted autographs, and then she, she told me a story. The fight broke out, and uh, they were throwing cake at one another and cursing one another, and just upset the whole diner, you know, just stories that would have a, a kid just interested, just, uh, and there was one story that stuck out to me when she was a little girl, uh, she said that her and her mother uh, didn't have a lot of money, it was rural area, um, um, and it was poor back then in this little town of just several thousand, uh, country roads, country life living, rocking on the porch, working Days in the field, her mother had hard, hardened hands from working out in the fields all day, and, and every once in a while they would go to this little market, and they would they would go and they would purchase a little bit of meat. They would purchase some bare necessities, and she told a story that one time she remembers walking, and uh, walking behind her mother, and looking at her calves and her worn out feet, her heels, a woman living working a hard life. And they got to the marketplace there, this particular market, and she talked about all of the meats that were hanging up there and, and all of the dried meats and uh, different canteen and uh, different boxes of this and various things of that. And, and there was the bakery there. And she remembers her mother ordering uh, some type of, of meat there. And, and while she was there, she was attracted to this, this display, this glass display of of, of cakes and pies and, and all types of desserts and delicatessens and things that really, really would attract a, a, little, a little child. And, and she was there and her mother was kind of settling her bill 
uh, with the merchant there, and she was just a child that was amazed, and she was, uh, she was captivated by this, these goods and these sweets. And uh, before she knew it, uh, there was a cracking, cracking sound. There was a, uh, this cracking sound, this little thud that happened. She didn't know what it was. She looked around, and to her horror, to her amazement, as her, the merchant man and as her mother looked at her, and she had been so attracted to the sweets that she had pressed so hard into the display glass, and, and it began to crack, and it began to shatter uh, in front of her. And, and finally, the, the clanging and the banging, the shattering of the glass come falling down in this little country market. And, and she didn't know what to do. She was afraid. She knew that uh, punishment, retribution was going to come. And she remembers her mother looking at her very softly, telling her, she said, honey, she said, we're going to have to pay for that now. And she said, because everything has a price in the marketplace. Everything has a price at the marketplace. The marketplace that the scripture talks about in various places was a place. It was a, a life. It was a, a location in the city that life would be active. The marketplace was the center of activity in cities and villages. It was the local watering hole, if you will. If you could go to any city just about to the marketplace and there would be various things that were going on in the city. Uh, on any given day, you could go to the marketplace if you uh, such desired any type of entertainment. Uh, well, then you would go down to the marketplace. There would be uh, children there maybe doing reenactments, some theatrical things. There would be children playing music, young people hanging out singing, dancing, and uh, just about any marketplace, place of the city where merchants would set up their wares and they would set up their, their, their utensils and their booths and uh, they would there, the scales and the product and all of the merchandise, amen, everyone selling and exchanging, bartering and bickering, trying to come to some deal and agreement at the marketplace. At the marketplace, just about any major city you went to, uh, or small city for that matter, uh, you would go, you would see the religious men, the pious men of, of renown, uh, preachers and priests and rabbis and holy men that would be there and uh, family greeting one another. It was the place of attraction. It was the centerfold of life. It was the place of, of activity. Amen. You would find people there, the gamblers and those trying to make a buck, the panhandlers, those the thieves selling their wares, those that are there just trying to idle the time, nothing to do, no goals to uh, reach, no, no point in life, and no road to walk, just, just hanging out. It was a hangout uh, even for the idle men. And, and, and most assuredly there would be uh, that particular place at the marketplace where uh, they would hold small judicial court hearings for small civil meetings. Uh, on any given day, you would be at the marketplace, uh, perhaps there to purchase something, there to buy something, there to do business, and you would feel a hand grip you and explain uh, the small uh, judicial hearing that you need to be a part of. We need to 
judge this particular person. What was the crime? We'll explain it to you, but we need to hear from the people. And this was every day at the marketplace. This was a place of activity, like you've heard me say. And, and, uh, but, but most importantly, it was the place that you needed to go to get what you needed to have. If you needed building material, it was the marketplace you had to go to. If you, if you needed some type of, of uh, living utensils, tools, weapons, food, wares, and necessities, and all type of condiments of life, herbs, and uh, directions. If you needed to go and purchase land, uh, it was going to be at the marketplace. Everybody had to go there. Everybody had to experience the marketplace. It was a a bustling place. It was a busy place. It was business there. There were people that were there uh, that really didn't have business being there, but for the most part, um, people were there to do business, to make an agreement, to make a purchase, to make an exchange, find the right merchant, find what he has to offer, and be willing to pay the price to get what I need. That merchant man, that one that has exactly what I need, praise God. Amen. The Bible says that Mary showed up in the marketplace this particular day. She was there. She was not there uh, for entertainment. She was not there to idle the time. She was not there to be religious. She was not there to judge anybody. Mary, where are you going? Why are you here? I'm here to purchase an anointing oil. Why? Because I am on my way to meet Jesus. Amen. Why are you here? What is your business here? What is the purchasing power? And what is your direction and your focus here? I am here to purchase anointing oil as a gift for my Lord and my Savior. We are living in a day that is busy. We are living in a day of activity. There are those right now as I speak in the streets of judicial hearings pulling on your mind, pulling on your affection, pulling on your choice of judgment to get you involved with judging other matters. There are those that are pulling on you to sit there and be idle and do nothing about your life or about your salvation. There are those that only seek the sports world and the music world and Hollywood for entertainment and there are those that are only seeking fame but I am thankful to be a part of a church that sits here in the marketplace of the world and why are you here because we are on our way to go see Jesus and I don't want to be empty handed when I get there but I want to purchase a possession to bring to the king when I see him. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. She, Jesus Christ, is a merchant man. The merchant was the one that in exchange for the right price could give you what you needed. On the shelf of the merchant man was the product. On the shelf of the merchant man was the was the strength, was the food, the raiment, whatever you needed. He had it by the yard. He had it by the jar. He had it by the vessel, whatever you needed. You need strength. I've got it. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is a merchant man. Amen. I think about the scripture in Isaiah chapter 61. When the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord would come and that he would heal the brokenhearted. 
uh, not only would he heal the brokenhearted, but that he would come, amen, and he would bring good news unto the meek, and uh, that he would bind up the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61, verse 1, he would bind up the brokenhearted, and that he would proclaim liberty to the captives, and he would open up prison doors to those, amen, that are bound up. Thankful, amen, that Jesus has come into the earth, amen, that he's looking for those that are brokenhearted, and he says, I've got the antidote, I've got the, I've got the, I've got the sweet salve, I've got the balm of Gilead that'll heal your broken heart. I'm looking at a world that is broken, that is shattered, amen, by wicked vices and wicked minds of wicked men and that leaves a residue of hopelessness upon the ignorant but we stand here knowing certainly that there is a God that's got the balm that's got the medicine for the broken heart he's got the prescription for the shattered heart he's got the antidote for those that live nightmares amen and his name is Jesus Christ he said I am coming to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I look at Jesus and as the scriptures going forth, I see different, uh, different occupations, if you will, different uh, areas of skill and expertise, as you will. I see him talking about being uh, a, a warden that opens up the prison doors. I, I see him being a doctor that comes to heal the brokenhearted. I see him being the activist, the governor that comes to set those that are bound up to liberty, praise God. But when you get to Isaiah 61, verse three you see this mighty messiah transformed into the beautiful merchant that i'm talking about isaiah 61 verse 3 says he's i'm coming to appoint unto them that mourn in zion and then he says i'm coming to give them beauty for ashes Oh, ashes is a symbol of ruins. It's a symbol of devastation. It's a symbol of tears that are sure to come. It's a symbol that everything has been evacerated and there's nothing left. But the merchant man says, if you will come and bring me your ashes, I'll put them on the scale and in exchange, I'll give you beautiness. I'll give you beauty for your ashes. And so I've learned not to hold on to my ashes. I've learned not to hold on to the things I thought cursed my life. I don't want to hold on to the bitterness. I refuse to hold on to the wounds. I go to the marketplace and I find the merchant man and I lay my ashes on the scale. And in return, he gives me beauty. What are you saying? I'm talking about I come to the house of God and I take all of my burdens and I put them on the hands of Jesus. I give them to the merchant man. And in exchange, in exchange, he gives me beautiful things. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Man, it's a beautiful thing. Because not only does he give us beauty for ashes, he says that for your mourning, for your sorrow, for your depression, the times that you'll be in isolation and you feel rejected and you feel neglected and you feel just anonymous like nobody cares and, and you've lost, you've been stripped of your identity, you don't know who you are, you don't know what thoughts to think, you have questions, but you don't even know what questions to ask, you need answers, but you don't know what answers you need. And he says for your sorrow, he said I'll give you the oil of joy. 
And so I've learned. They say, what are you so joyous about? Because I've learned to take all of my sorrows and all of my tears and all of my unhappiness and bring them to the house of God and lay them before the merchant man. He reaches on the shelf of heaven and gives me the oil of joy for all of my tears. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Weary traveler, are you weary? Weary traveler, are you sad? Oh, weary traveler, are you depressed today? I want to advise you to come to the merchant man named Jesus and give him all of your sorrows. He'll reach on the shelf and he'll give you happiness. He'll give you something to live for. He'll give you something to shout about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. I suspect that there are some people that know who the merchant man is. Oil of joy for mourning. I like this next one. He said, for your spirit of heaviness, I'll give you a garment of praise. What a beautiful thing. Oh, what a beautiful thing. You want to know why people dance in the house of God? A garment of praise. Man, I'm clothed in heaviness and burdens and worries and all of the weight of the world upon our shoulders, suicidal thoughts and harm to myself, harm to others. But I come to the house of God. Amen. I make my way in the marketplace and I, and I find Jesus. And he says, okay, you want a garment of praise? Yes, I do. I'm tired of living in the lowlands. I'm tired of being weary and exhausted, okay? Well, you want a garment of praise? Yeah, God, what do you want for that? He says, uh, you just give me all of your heaviness. And, and so I start lifting up my hands and I start praising him. I start exalting him up. I start lifting him up. And he says, that's good. And we make the exchange. And then all of a sudden, I got a garment of praise. It's the coat of many colors. And I've got it at the marketplace. I got it from the merchant man. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You can purchase his righteousness because your garments is but filthy rags. Your righteousness is but filthy rags. And that's the problem with good people. Good people don't, they can't see the goodness of God. I'm reminded of a young man that had grown up listening to the scriptures. And he came to Jesus and he tried to manipulate Jesus. And he says, good master. Jesus said, there's only one good but God. You ain't going to trick me by trying to flatter me. Amen. And he started going through the scriptures. And he says, man, you know the, you know the commandments. The young man said, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus starts going down the Ten Commandments. And he cuts Jesus off and says, listen, I've been doing all that from my youth up. And Jesus said, all right, here's the exchange. You want this garment of righteousness in exchange for your filthy rags. He says, go sell everything you've got. One thing thou lackest, go sell everything you've got, and in exchange you can come and follow me. And he looked at his garment, and he looked at the garment of righteousness and said, that's too much to pay. And he drifted back off into the marketplace. Amen. Jesus has everything you need. Salvation, healing, comfort. 
Amen. He's got power. He's got strength. He's got virtue. You ready for this? He's got correction if you need it. He's got discipline if you need it. Amen. He's got rebuke if you need it. He's got teaching if you need it. He's got doctrine if you need it. I've just learned to come to the merchant man and I can find it at Jesus' feet. Amen. Everything that I need is in Jesus. Everything that I need is in his hand. Clap your hands unto the Lord. So Mary was there. She was there on a mission. And I just imagine Mary that day. Amen. She's there for a specific goal. Amen. She's there. She's focused. Where are you going? I'm on my way to go see Jesus. You mean the one that's not speaking, the one that's dead? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people in this world that think God is dead. They think God is gone. But he's getting ready to perform his greatest manifestation that the world has ever seen. I want to tell you, don't give up on the return of the Lord. Amen. Don't give up on the rapture. The Bible says that Jesus is coming back in the clouds. Amen. He will descend from heaven with the shout of the ark of the, of the trumpet of the archangel. Amen. And I'm looking for the appearing. I want to go see him. Amen. That is my goal. I want to go meet him. And I want to be ready when I do. I want to be washed by the waters of baptism. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to live a holy and a separated life. Man. But Mary, there's some things you're going to have to fight in the marketplace if you want to get to the right merchant. Y'all ready for this? Jesus was preaching one day in Luke chapter 7, and he talks about a generation. He was angry because John the Baptist had been preaching about baptism and about repentance. He was dealing with a generation that he couldn't move. The word of God couldn't move him. The word of God couldn't influence him. God's wooing and God's pulling couldn't influence this generation. Luke chapter 7, verse 32, he says, you are like children sitting in the marketplace, amen, calling one to another, saying, we have piped unto you, uh, but you haven't danced, and we have sang, and we have wooed you. He says, but you won't weep. He's talking about a generation that only come for the entertainment. They, uh, they didn't really want to come. They wasn't there to buy anything at the marketplace. They wasn't there to purchase anything. They wasn't there to make a deal. There was really no, uh, there was no, no, no focus. There was no destination. Uh, they just wanted to come and hear the music and see the sights and had an entertainment field generation. Mary, if you're going to make it in the marketplace, there's going to be a generation that's pulling on you. Uh, I could see Mary that day, and she's on her way. Amen. She's got a bag of shekels. She's ready to go and purchase an anointing uh, for Jesus, a gift for Jesus. And in the midst of this transaction, uh, there comes that generation that says, hey, why don't you come over here and sit down, and, and we'll just enjoy the festivities, and uh, we'll listen to the music 
music, but we won't be moved by the music. And we'll listen to the wooing, but uh, we'll be brazen and, and, and restricted, and we won't be influenced by all of the wooing. We just come for the entertainment. And I can see Mary look at that generation and say, no, I'm not here to be entertained. I'm not here to be, uh, be non-influenced. Come on, Mary, why don't you come and, and listen to the music and, and, and not be moved? And she says, no, I'm here to purchase an anointing so I can go meet Jesus with a gift in my hand. An entertainment-filled generation. An entertainment-filled generation, a generation that understands that it's okay to worship sports and worship movie stars and worship entertainers, amen, and spend all types of money, billions of dollars on entertainment, but they don't understand why you go to church on Sunday. I'll tell you why you go to church, because I'm in the marketplace, and I'm looking for the merchant, and I want to purchase a gift before I go see Jesus. generation that don't understand that it's it's okay to spend hours untamed hours doing other things but when it comes to spending time in study or learning about Jesus amen learning about his word learning about the ways of God Amen. They don't understand it. Why? Because some people are just in life. Some people are just in the marketplace. That's all they want is entertainment. Praise God. What I want to declare to you. Amen. I like having fun. I want to enjoy life. But I'm not here to be entertained in this life. I'm here to purchase a possession. I'm here to make a life as a gift to give unto the king of kings. I'm here to serve Jesus. Sabbath day, they bought sweet spices and anointing oils. They stopped at the Agora. They stopped at the marketplace. Amen. Oh, Mary, there's a lot of influences at the marketplace. If you want to go get an anointing, praise God. Amen. The Bible says, you ready for this? Amen. I believe it's the book of Luke. Amen, chapter 20 and verse 6 or something like that. Amen, the Bible talks about Pharisees. They love the marketplace. He said, woe unto you, scribe and Pharisees. He said, you like the long robes. And you like the uppermost seats in the marketplace. And you like the recognition. And you like the places of fellowship. The good life fine clothing, fine dining. Amen. The Pharisees and the scribes were religious people that had learned how to be so rigid to the outside world and so cold to others except if you would follow them. They had no clue of the outside world. They, had, uh, they lost their compassion and they lost their empathy for hurting people. Jesus explained that in the parable about the Good Samaritan, that it was a, it was a, a Levite and a priest, a scribe, Pharisees uh, that saw a dying man on the side of the road, and these religious men could care less. And 
And, and at the marketplace, you got to deal with these thoughts. Anybody understand that I'm, I'm dealing with philosophies and ideologies that want to intercept your walk and consecration with God. They want to intercept and take your sacrifice. Mary was on her way to sacrifice something to go deeper in God. This is what you had to deal with at the marketplace. And this is the, these are the, the, the mentalities you will have to deal with in our modern day era. A religious spirit. A spirit that's not in that's not interested only in being religious but not affecting their world amen if there's a spirit if there's a mentality that we have to fight in 2020 amen it's being religious but without affecting the world around me amen one of the main reasons that God has given us the gift of the Holy Ghost is so that you can go forth into Jerusalem and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth and be a witness be a martyr amen be a sound core Amen. So that the world could hear the gospel. Amen. Come on, Mary. Why don't you be religious? Why don't you just get to religious elite? Amen. And build this little cult, this little culture of religious people uh, that the outside world doesn't know about. And I can see Mary say, no, I'm not here to be religious. I'm not here to be one of the religious elites. I'm here to purchase the anointing oil. Man, there's a, that's why there's a lot of religions in this world. So many religions, only one book, but so many diverse religions. How do we get all of these different religions from one book? I'll tell you why. Because somebody went to the marketplace one day and they got distracted. They were on their way to pursue Jesus. They were on their way to do Jesus' business. They were on their way to sacrifice. But in the midst, a religious spirit pulled them away and said, just stay here in this little realm where everybody identifies with you. Everybody knows you. And uh, everybody knows the scripture. And everybody knows the religion. And everybody knows the protocol. And Mary says, no, I'm not here for that. I've got to see him. I've got to experience him. I've got to know him. I've got to be where he is. Praise God, I'm almost done. Amen. So many different pathways in this life. Entertainment, religion pulling on you. Entertainment, religion. The world pulling on you. Netflix and Hollywood, sports and fame. Religion, religious. Uh, don't worry about the lost. Don't worry about those that don't know the gospel. Just uh, live the good life. Live the high life. Live the delicate life. Don't get your hands dirty in a Bible study or reaching somebody to testify to. Uh, just keep it to yourself. And these is what she had to wrestle with. Uh, amen. And when it was all said and done, uh, there was another group there in the marketplace. She had to go by. Amen. It was groups of the idol. Praise God. Amen. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 3 talks about a husbandman who went out about the third hour of the day. And Bible says he went out to the marketplace. Amen. And when he got there in the marketplace, you ready for this? The Bible says that he saw men there standing idle. Why stand you here idle? 
idle about the third hour of the day. That's when he went there. He went to the marketplace because, hey amen, that's, that's the type of mentality that's going to try to grip you when you want to go deeper in Jesus, when you want to go to deeper dimensions and you're willing to go places that nobody else goes and you want to see Jesus in a deeper dimension and a deeper affair, amen, and a deeper level, amen, when you're tired of the shallow places and you're tired of the marketplace of life and you want to go see him, amen, even if it means the place of death death and isolation I'm willing to get there and the Bible says the idol were there those wasting their life away drugs and alcohol and the party life and the internet life and a life of just living day to day and week to week without Jesus encounters amen a life of mundane monotony a life of being anonymous went there the husbandman said, hey, what are you doing here? Hey, man, idle. The word idle there means that they're actually shucking the time. And there they are, jovial, uh, laughing, cracking jokes. And there's nothing serious in their life. And there's nothing of value. And there's nothing of, of heavy burden. There's no responsibility there. Uh, there's no job. There's no mission. There's no campaign. There's no challenge. There's no conflict. Just wasting away. Amen. He said it was at the third hour of the day. Here's the nightmare of this situation. Amen. Because the Bible says that Jesus was crucified at the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. Amen. It, it pains me to know, amen, that at the time that Jesus was crucified, at the third hour, there were men idle at the marketplace. They had missed the greatest event ever manifested to mankind. Amen. They had missed the greatest manifestation of God's love being idle at the marketplace oh God don't let me miss you I don't want to miss the miracles of God I don't want to miss the mighty hand of God because I stand idle in this life I want to work until my Savior comes and I want to be looking up when Jesus comes you read it Mark chapter 15 verse 25 Jesus was crucified at the third hour of the day and what I find even more stunned, even more horrific, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost was poured out. Peter said, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Because the third hour of the day was a good time for the idol to hang out at the marketplace. Laughing and careless. Oh, God. And I'm talking here to men and women that know what it's like to be troubled by a burden. Amen. That men's souls are going to hell. The family members are lost. Amen. And we laugh and we joy and we, we laugh and we have a good time. Oh, but when you lay your head down at night, eternity whispers the burden and the responsibility. Man, I don't want to stand idle in this life. Come on, Mary. Come over here. And, and they're laughing. <laughs> hey, hey, you hear about this? And you hear about that? And everything's a joke. Come on. Hey, hey, Mary, over here. Why don't you, hey, man, waste the time over here. And I see Mary saying, no, I'm not here to waste my life. I'm not here to be idle. Bought sweet spices. The Bible says they stopped at the marketplace. Come on, Mary. Over here. Come on, waste your time. Waste your life away. 
hours and hours. And she says, I'm here to find Jesus. I'm going on my way to meet Jesus, and I'm here to purchase an anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Musicians, come. And you know what else is amazing? You read in the scripture, the marketplace. You ready for this? The marketplace. It was one of the main places. One of the main places for judicial hearings. You read it in the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 9. Paul and Silas upset the crowd. And what do they do? The Bible says they drag them into the marketplace. They get the crowd in a rage. People started making the picket signs, so to speak, and the riot and the chaos and the upheaval and the agitation, a lot like what you see today. This is what was going on in the marketplace on any given day, entertainment and the religious elite and the idol and the judicial. On any given day, that day, somebody could come and pull on you. Didn't matter what you was there to buy, didn't matter what your business was, didn't matter what your agenda was, we need you right now. We need you, we need you to be political, we need you to, we need you to be aggressive. We need you to be angry. We need you to get bitter real quick. We need you to be stirred up right now. Why? What's the issue? Well, this this man over here, he he uh, he he hurt this man, and he's he's he did it without any justice, and, and we don't like this man. We need your help to judge this man. And they put a sign in your hands, and and they put imagery, and they put agenda in front of you, and they. They put little news clips in front of us and, and they manipulate us through the voice of the marketplace. And they stir up your emotions. Come on, everybody. Paul and Silas, who are these men? What did they do wrong? And everybody don't even know. We just, we just need you to say guilty. And we need your anger. And we need your violence. And we need your chaos. And I see a church, I see church folk being distracted in the marketplace. And I see them starting to pick up signs, pick up spirits, and start picking up things. Yeah, it's the marketplace. It's whatever. That's what the marketplace is. But if you were to focus, there's a little woman in the back of the scene. And she's making a change with a merchant man back there. And she's handing over some things. And he reaches off the shelf in the midst of all this. And he hands her some spices and some anointing oils. And in the midst of all the entertainment, and in the midst of all the idleness, and all the religion, and all the judgment, the three women drift off, and they're walking on a road to go see Jesus Christ. And I ask you, which character are you going to be? 
I ask you who's going to get your attention at the marketplace. I want to be like Mary. Because while they're on their way there, they run into a problem. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. While they're on their way there, they run into a problem. And they say, who's going to roll away the stone? <laughs> Give me that Mark chapter 16, verse 1, brother, if you can. I want you to see this. I want you to see this again. Mark 16, verse 1. Next, next chapter. Look at this. When the Sabbath day was passed, Mary, Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, Salem, had bought. There it is. That word means marketplace. That's where they bought it at. They purchased sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. They made a pit stop first. Here's the amazing thing. Their way there, they run into a problem. Say, who's going to open up the stone so that we can see him? How are we going to do this in the last day? Who's going to open up the heavens? How are we going to have revival? How, God, are you going to reach this world? How are you going to do it? Who's going to roll away the stone? And the Bible says when they got there, the stone was already rolled away. The hard stuff was already done. And the only thing I can deduce was all this stuff going on at the marketplace that would go on any given day. You read it in history. Amen. But when they made it up in their mind, I'm going to the marketplace to purchase sweet spices for, for him. The only thing I can deduce is when she made that exchange, it opened up the door for the divine. You say, oh man, that's far-fetched. No. Jesus would do miracles for those that are focused on him. Do you understand? We have the greatest privilege while the world is so distracted. They're burning Bibles. They're fighting and rioting. They're drunk on wine. Drunk on the cares of this world. And Jesus says, come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. He says, I'll give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. This is the greatest opportunity why everybody else is distracted. Even the small things you do for him will open up doors of impossibilities. Hallelujah. And I ask you, which character are you going to be today? There's many options. There's many merchants. But I'm looking for the right one. So I come to the house of prayer. And you know where I purchased the sweet spot? sweet spices, I do it in prayer. 
That's the sweet spices. That's the sweet spices. Do you have time to purchase sweet spices for God? Entertainment will pull you from your prayer life. Religious will pull you from your prayer life. Idleness will pull you from your prayer life. You ready for this? And the world's agenda will pull you from a sweet life of prayer. Hallelujah. I'm going to be like Mary, friend. I'm on my way to see him. And when I see him, amen, I'm, I want to give him sweet spices of devotion. Sweet spices of time spent in his presence. Sweet spices of focus and attention. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody feel like coming, praying, and talking to the Lord? Say, man, I need forgiveness. That's all right. The merchant's got it for you. Say, man, I need, I need, I, I need some stuff that'll wash away the stain of sin. Oh, friend, he's got some blood of the lamb for you. Say, man, I've got family problems. I'm talking to somebody right now. I've got family issues. I don't know what to do. Oh, I want to tell you the merchant man's got it. I need healing. I need peace. I need serenity. I need balance. I need honesty. Hey, just come. Come on, I'm coming to purchase. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the hand of the Lord here this morning. We say, man, I've got troubles on the horizon. That's all right. Amen. There's a lot of things pulling on us as they begin to sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, man, I need the Holy Ghost. I want to receive that Holy Spirit of God Almighty. I want to receive the Holy Ghost. I want to receive His presence. Come on. Why don't you grab your family? Amen. Begin to pray. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on. He's here this morning. Yes. Yes, he's here to listen for your prayers. Oh, yes.
lift it up right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want us to pray a specific prayer right now. Amen. Can we pray for our families? I don't know if you know what's going on right now in 2020. If you look and investigate right now, all these raging spirits, all this chaos, it's attack on the family. And the Holy Ghost let me know by revelation that the enemy sending out spirits to fight our families. Bible says a house divided cannot stand, but a house unified can stand through anything. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You got family, I want you to grab their hand 